We are back with another episode of Oh Hey There. I am Jason Aponte, joined as always by Leo Luna. Leo, I didn't want to start this with a somber tone, but how are you today first before we get into everything that's going on in 49er land? You know what? Everything was going good this weekend. Friday, I actually got some time to play MLB The Show, a little bit of Madden, and, you know, Dad of Two, I don't really, I don't really got the time to do that. So um, I spoiled myself with that. And then Saturday came along. I pulled a last minute. I'm going to see Bad Bunny. So I went to go see Bad Bunny, got on the floor, like vibing out like crazy. Um, Sunday came. And then we're going to get into it. We know what happened. Hey, the 49ers won. There's that. There's me. I'm, I'm the video of the girl dancing and crying. That's me. I have to say, I love that for you. Anytime that you can get some time away and some peace of mind, because this season has already, and we're in week two, this season has already been a long 10 years off my life. Yes. So let's just get into it. Unfortunately, Trey Lance is done for the year with a broken ankle. Uh, A lot of people are pointing fingers, blame going all around. So let's just go right to it, Leo. We don't even have time to sugarcoat it at this point. Buy or sell. It's Kyle Shanahan to blame for Trey Lance's injury. It's absolutely not on Kyle Shanahan. Like, sure, but we have liked to seen things differently um, based on the script of the offense with Trey Lance as a starter. Sure, because Trey Lance in his four starts, I, I understand the last one is, you know, just three passes, three rushing attempts, but it's still data to use. Um, and it's not going to change the percentage much. And the data I'm talking about is either between throwing the ball or rushing the ball 32 and a half percent of the time he is rushing the ball he is a runner and I for one my instant reaction was okay well Josh Allen does QB power like it's very similar you can't blame it on Josh on, on Kyle Shanahan for wanting to run QB power which I still don't but Josh Allen his rookie year only ran the ball 21.8 percent of the time that's significantly less than the amount that Trey Lance is running it Lamar Jackson, 42.9. Well, yeah, it's Lamar Jackson. We're never going to see another Lamar Jackson after he's gone from the league. And we never saw one before Lamar Jackson either. Um, Kyler Murray, he's another running quarterback, 14.6. So obviously Kyle Shanahan was managing the game to where Trey Lance is in between a Josh Allen and a Lamar Jackson. My belief is I would have preferred to see Kyle Shanahan managed Trey Lance closer to that Josh Allen running percentage of 21.8 compared to the 32.5 Trey Lance was at. Um, but this that's literally like nitpicking this the the game plan here. Um, it's not Kyle Shanahan's fault. It's a freak accident uh, of his ankle. Um, like, are we forgetting that we're the same team that saw Jimmy Garoppolo tear his ACL? Was that in between tackles? No, that was outside the pocket, close to the sideline, try to cut and make a play, and look what happened. So it's not like a a running play in between the tackles guarantees an injury. It could happen outside the numbers against the sideline. Um, It could happen anywhere. So that's why I don't feel comfortable putting blame on Kyle Shanahan. It's a freak accident. That's how I look at this injury. If I had a nitpick it, I would say just run it less. Like Trey Lance isn't going to fully develop into that passer if he's only getting the opportunity less than 70% of the time to pass the ball and he and the other times he's rushing. So that's if I'm nitpicking. 
Yeah, I'm going to sell it as well. I mean, and, and a lot of people have it confused because they're just like, well, he's running QB power. It was counter bash, and it's a zone read, and it's something that they ran with Debo Samuel, which was a 54-yard uh, gain, uh, two plays, three plays earlier. Kaepernick ran it. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff that even Lamar ran it. You know, it's a Greg Roman concept. That's something that's there. And I think you're, you're bang on when you talk about, you know, Trey Lance could roll out in the pocket and have a non-contact injury or, you know, or could just step out of bed and, and, and things like that. Like, I get the the sentiment, right? You know, you don't want to see your franchise quarterback taking hits. I give you that. And the one thing I will say is when people compare, well, you know, Josh Allen does it. Yeah, have you guys ever thought that maybe Josh Allen is like one of one, like in a world where it's just him that's allowed to do that and he's otherworldly? I mean, he's I bigger. He's bigger. Yeah. He's bigger than than Trey Lance. He's they're not the same body frame. He's bigger than Trey Lance. Like that's that's yeah. something you take in consideration. Right. And Kyle Shanahan talked about this in the press conference. And then we just had another press conference right before we went on the air. Speaking of ankle injuries, Ty Davis Price has a high ankle injury. So here we are now down to the last two running backs that you can have, Marlon Mack and Jordan Mason. Again, these things are starting to happen, and they're just happening to almost everybody on the team at this point. So, yeah, I, I'm going to chalk it up as a freak accident, unfortunately, and something that is just part of the game. I don't want to look too far into it, but Kyle Shanahan in that press conference gave the old Homer Simpson line. Everyone is stupid except me. I thought that was pretty good, and that's going to piss a bunch of people off more than anything. But, yeah, I, I'm going to sell this as well, too. I think that another thing that people are understand uh, not understanding is, you know, listen, you want – you want Trey Lance to develop as a passer. But right now, this offense, the where, where he's at in his development, it isn't exactly in a spot where you can do that over and over. So the way that he wants to keep drives going is that way. And, and that's the way that they're trying to maximize the value of what he has right now while he's learning on the fly. It is true that the 49ers have tried to tightrope this by saying, we need you to develop, but we also want to win games because we have a win-now roster. I think that part of it is very valid for people to be concerned about in terms of, you know, maybe – biting off more than you can chew when it comes to that. But I think as of right now, the way that you get value out of Trey while he's developing is using his legs. And, you know, for, for fans, it's really funny. The The narrative has kind of switched now that you've seen the injury happen. It went from, man, I can't wait to see what the zone read looks like with this team and what it's going to happen. And what's going to happen. It wasn't, a, it was a read option. He had an option to hand it off to Samuel. He read it right. He took it and he just went the other way. It's just how it goes. So yeah, I'm going to sell it at this point. And I think that at this point in his development, this is the best way that Kyle felt that he can move the ball consistently. And, you know, in, in this game, the 49ers on the two drives that Trey Lance had, they were both in the red zone. So, yeah, I'm going to sell it. I'm glad you brought up that option, though, because it, it, Trey Lance did do the right read. Like you said, he did do the right lead, read. The end was there waiting for Ray Ray McLeod. As soon as Trey Lance kept it, that's when the edge uh, crashed. So Trey Lance did the right play. Um, unfortunately, I, I think it was Al Woods who's involved in that play, and that's a big dude. Like my dad sent me a his Wikipedia page that said three thirty. My dad said no way he's three thirty. That dude is four hundred. Like no way. Um, unfortunately, like he was part of that play, and that's a lot of weight that you know one person could take. Yeah, and football is a violent sport. People get injured. Unfortunately, it's just this is just the the cards that the 49ers have dealt and of course why wouldn't it be any different to have this team plunged into turmoil right now with uh with all the discussion i mean what would what, what just a normal day in in 49ers land is what i would say so so what's funny is you know and we're obviously going to get to jimmy garoppolo and we'll talk about all those things it's funny because all of these things that have happened you know everybody has had plenty of opinions and people have expressed 
sadness and and wishing the kid well. Other people have pivoted to absolutely not being sensitive in any way and just pivoting to, well, you know, 49ers are a better team now. And, uh, you know, if you guys know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Colin Cowherd. But, yeah, now this segment is going to be called Doing the Most. Leo, who's doing the most? Colin Cowherd or Mike Silver, who wrote an article saying that someone in the locker room after Trey Lance's injury told him that the team feels better now that he is not the quarterback. This is tough because you could go either way on this, but I'm going to, I'm going to choose Mike Silver. Mike Silver is doing the most. The reason why, because he said that according to him, that he put it in quotes in his article, you can say it, but I can't say it. Um, like Mike Silver, you're you're writing for the team now. You're not national media. You're on the team, like writing for the team. You're at the practices now. We ripped you before because you weren't there at the practices. Now you're there. Now you're in the locker room. Now you're in all the pressers. And since day one, he has bashed Trey Lance. Since day one. Instead of, you know, Trey Lance has a freak accident out for the year. Poor kid. No, he wants to just go write an article how teammates and coaches think they're all, you know, they're better forward with Jimmy Garoppolo because that's the narrative he's been trying to push the whole time. That's the narrative he's been trying to push. He has never acknowledged what Trey Lance has done well during these first two starts. Like you said, both trips to the red zone. Did Mike Silver acknowledge that? Hell no. He writes for the team. He should acknowledge that. Colin Coward don't write for the team. He has no reason to acknowledge that. He's not watching this team as closely as Mike Silver is. So Mike Silver is doing the most here, putting a quote out like that while a guy's going to have to go get surgery the very next morning. Like, what are you doing, guy? Like, and, and plus, how do we not know who, who said it? If it is true, you know, because these guys like to fit narratives. Um, it Like, is it a, pra- a practice squad player? Is it that? Is it is it a, you know, the coach that just gives the players water? Like, is it that? Like, come on, man. Like, I am buying none of it. I don't think anybody on that team immediately right after the game says, we're better moving forward. Hell no, nobody's going to say that. Now, I saw all the cheering and, you know, the rally around Garoppolo after his touchdown. You know who, who did the same thing? Watch the movie Rudy. They did the same thing with, with him when he got on the field. So it's like, I don't take it as, a, oh, they're rallying around Garoppolo. No, it's a guy that wasn't supposed to be in that position, so now they're happy for him. Like, you know, he he's he's in that position. Um, but it's like, come on. Like, I've been a, a part of plenty football teams. The guy who was counted out does something good, and you cheer for that guy. And that's what Jimmy Garoppolo was yesterday. He was the guy that was counted out, did something good, and they cheered for him. I ain't reading between the lines like Mike Silver is, I think is completely ridiculous. And it's annoying. It's annoying that you have this guy now writing for the team. I think it was a terrible swing and miss by the Chronicle to Adam. Fun fact, Joe Montana dislikes Rudy very much also, by the way. I implore you guys to look up the actual story about Rudy and how much he does not like him. But, Rob, get the bleep button ready. I'm going to use TV mature words. F*** you, Colin Cowherd. Seriously, man. I Look, the insensitivity between you just immediately loading up your podcast right after this kid is carted off to go ahead and with your little stupid smirk, smile and imply that this team is better now with Jimmy Garoppolo as you are taking some sort of victory lap to confirm your nonsensical priors 
is a disgusting thing for somebody who has a huge platform. Mike Silver is somebody that we know. Used to be national media, a lot of people know. Colin Cowherd is on TV every single day. And for him to show that lack of professionalism and to grind an ax for a reason that we really know why, and I'm not going to get into on this show. If you don't know, you should go find out. And if you know, you know. It, it becomes incredibly personal and it becomes unprofessional as hell, man. This kid has done nothing to anybody but be nice, be be uh, very up, for, uh, up front, be uh, uh, easy to speak to, easy to root for. But for some reason, we know the reason. Colin Cowherd decides while this kid is on the is about to get on the surgery table, you know what? Let me load up my stupid ass podcast and let me say this this nonsensical take, which you could think it. Some people may be thinking it right now, but to say it immediately and then have this little smirk on your face and use that to promote whatever your next podcast is, is just disgusting. And unfortunately, for me, I find it to be insensitive, unprofessional, and it just comes off as somebody who's being a big baby. And somebody who flip-flops on everything and is just happy for once that one thing that he's ever said is actually come out true, even though he was all in on Trey. And all of a sudden, that changed. Again, we know why. But this guy is the king of saying one thing on his show, then another thing two weeks later, and then coming back to it two months later and saying, yeah, remember when I said that? Well, what about the shit you said before? Sorry, uh, Rob. I know you're, you're. I'm getting this bleep button uh, worked. But, I mean, I'm just tired of it, man, because – it comes off as somebody who is personally attacking a kid that has done nothing to anybody. If this kid came out, Trey Lance, and said, you know what, man, I'm going to tear up the league. It's really slow out here. I'm about to work everybody. I'm better than this guy. He's never done anything but be gracious and be nice. Yet this guy uses that as his axe to grind because of we know why, and I don't want to get into that and be messy, but you know why this is all happening. For a guy who recorded a video glowingly smiling after Trey Lance was drafted, saying, this is the guy. I would take him at three over Mac Jones, everything, everything he said. I know Trey, he's a good kid. He's been at my house. You put the pieces together. For you to flip from that to this is disgusting, unprofessional, and I just, I hate it so much. So who's doing the most? Colin Cowherd, Mike Silver, it's it's whatever with him, man. It, this is clear that the San Francisco Chronicle is now making a turn towards much more clickbaity stuff so they can sell subscriptions because you can't just get, you know, you can't just look up uh, San Francisco Chronicle online or anything like that, right? They're one of the few newspapers that are still in existence, which is like a dead, uh, a dead medium at this point because nobody reads newspapers. But at the same time with him, I understand it because he feels burned about the Mac Jones stuff. But Colin Cowherd, man, this is disgusting and it's horrible for somebody who has such a big platform, man. I, I'm just sick of it, man. I hate it. Yesterday was a really, really annoying day, be, more because of that than anything. Fans can say whatever they want, but you have a platform and you have people looking at you like, yeah, he said the right thing, man. Uh, you know, that was really cool. No, it wasn't cool, man. What a bozo. All right, so there's significant changes coming to this team, right? I mean, I thought, you know, we all thought that we were going to get Trey Lance for the entire season. We hope to get another year of development. I think that's what makes this all the more frustrating more than anything. Um, it's the year of development. Now you're going on about three years of Trey Lance not being ready to go, or or it just pushes the, the questions back again. We're going to literally go through this entire cycle again next year, right? So what changes besides Jimmy Garoppolo are on the way, Leo? I'm going to say within this offense, you know, we thought this offense was, we thought certain players was in a fit within a Trey Lance, like an Aaron Bakes, year one starter. 
um, that he was going to fit nicely with with Trey Lance's style. Um, the type of running backs that they have, it's you know the bigger backs within within uh, Jordan Mason, within Ty Davis Price, you know those 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 bigger backs that can take the pounding because we're probably going to look at more inside zone, right? Well, I don't know. Are we going to have to go with more back to the the outside zone that works so well with Jimmy? The reason why you want to go with the outside zone is because the boxes are probably going to be stacked a little more with Jimmy Garoppolo um, in at quarterback. So inside zone, I don't know how much of that's going to work with the Jimmy Garoppolo in at quarterback. Are they going to go back more to the outside zone? That's something as far as the changes that I think are going to be on the way. Less of the downfield shots, the less of the impact of Danny Gray. I think Danny Gray could have made like about three to four big time catches down the field with Trey Lance. We're probably going to have to utilize him more in a way like we saw him in the preseason running a quick out with Nate Sudfeld, things like that. Um, it's just this offense is going to look a little different now. Um, similar to what we've seen before, yes. But in terms of a change to the season, it's gonna, we're probably going to see more outside zone and we're not going to see as many downfield attacks, unfortunately. Although Jimmy did came in uh, early in that game and said, all right, I'm slinging this mother effer, um, which he did. He, you know, he had a nice throws. He has some, you know, Brandon, I, you got to catch that one. He's got to catch it because that was a big time throw by Jimmy. What was that? I, I don't think I've seen Jimmy ever make a throw that deep back shoulder. Um, so I'm open too. Yeah, that was, it was beautiful, but um, I'm not expecting for that to be consistent moving forward. Yeah, and if you listen to Kyle Juszczyk, Kyle Juszczyk said it sounded like it, it felt like 49er football. That kind of can get misconstrued, uh, don't you think? But at the same time, a lot of what Kyle Shanahan said was, you know, because people were like, oh, well, you were throwing the ball all of a sudden with Jimmy. And he said, well, no, we were sticking to the script. And if you watch it back, the first time that Jimmy gets the ball on the drive, he's in pistol. So that that kind of tells you that they were going to stick with the trade thing. And that that's what Jimmy was talking about after the game when he said some new stuff in there, some old stuff. So that that script was still there. So I believe that they really were going to throw the ball with Trey in that third in that third drive, like when it was there. But yeah, I mean, Jimmy did throw the ball downfield, and Ayuk dropped it. Man, that was like the best throw. I, I that was his best throw of the day, easily, and ended up in an incompletion. But yeah, we're just going to go back to basically we know what this offense is, and I think that that shouldn't be taken as such a negative as it's being tossed around in terms of everybody saying, "Well, we know what this offense was." That should feel like Linus and his security blanket because at least you know the, the semblance of the offense that you're going to see. It's not going to be something new. Look, we all feel bad because Trey Lance isn't here. We want him to play. But you would feel a 100 times worse if it was Nate Sudfeld or Brock Purdy that had to take the take the rest ah. of this season. So ah. that's the thing is at least you know what's down the road. There's no surprises. There's nothing that's going to be really changed around. There's a guy who just slides right back in. Jimmy described it as riding a bike. So in that way, use that as comfort. And, and that's what you should be using it as, is this offense is going to be back to what it was, which when it's rolling is still a highly efficient offense. But now who's the running backs? Jordan Mason, come on down. And I hope you stashed them on your fantasy team because this is your moment now. You've got it now. This is it. So it's, it's really going to be more of the same. So those are the changes, right? And, and that's the thing that should give you a little bit more comfort as opposed to being taken as a negative, which so many people are like, oh, well, we're going back to what we saw. Yeah. Would you rather go to, you know, or not have Jimmy around and then go to Brock Purdy or go to Nate Sudfeld? That could be disastrous. And that could that could really be much worse than seeing what this offense was during stretches 
during 2019 when, when Jimmy was healthy, maybe during 2017. So that kind of leads us into the newest segment that is sweeping the nation. I got to come up with a new one. Hot or iced, hot coffee or iced coffee. Leo, will Jimmy G look like second half 2019 Jimmy G or, you know, 2017 Jimmy G when he was saying going out there and throwing it and just letting it rip? Because that was something he said in the press conference as well. Yes, I think he's going to look like second half 2019 because I think the offense is going to be more familiar that way. Plus, um, you know, he has he has better weapons this this go around, I believe, than 2019. Debo Samuel is a step up from rookie Debo Samuel. I think that's something we could all agree on. I think Brandon Ayuk. The guy he's been in training camp and the guy we've seen so far in the in the regular season, besides the drop, um, is he better than Emmanuel Sanders? There, we, that that could be a, a debate that we could talk about. But when it comes to wide receiver three, like for sure, like give me Juwan Jennings over Dante Pettis or Richie James. Give me Ray Ray McLeod over Dante Pettis or Richie James um, from that year. So George Kittle, obviously George Kittle. Um, so I think he's going to look more so like the second half of that season where he, once he got Emmanuel Sanders, basically that's when he turned it on and had a really, really good year. Um, now there is going to be some times where he put, you know, puts the house on fire, but then he will, you know, become the fireman and take out the fire. Like that's going to be, that's something I expect with Jimmy G. Um, but I think he'll look better this go around this season than he did at any point last season. I think he'll look better this year. Um, the reason being is because like Trey Lance is not breathing down his neck. The third overall pick is not just, you know, being a shadow of Jimmy G following him around the locker room, following him on the practice field. He's going to feel more comfortable. And when Jimmy G is comfortable, he plays well. Hence 2017, he was comfortable. 2019, second half with Emmanuel Sanders, he was comfortable. The times where we've seen him uncomfortable have been the playoffs, was Super Bowl, was the NFC Championship game. Hopefully that could change this time around, though. Um, but when Jimmy G is comfortable, he's he's a he's a fine quarterback. He's good. He's a good quarterback. You know, that, that's the reason why he, you know, is, is highly respected around the league. Um, I don't expect him to go out there and you know, be the Alex Smith type of level quarterbacks when Alex Smith was in KC. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo will be fine, will be better than last year. And if he's better than last year, just even at a 5% rate, that does wonders for this team. Leo, at times in show business, you get an audition, and if you nail it or you don't, that depends on how you get the job. Not many times do you get a second audition, which is what Jimmy Garoppolo is now going to get for the rest of his career. So I expect him very much to step up his play, um, and, and the team's going to rally around him. Uh, everybody feels comfortable. Now there's no excuse about wasting a, a Super Bowl roster, guys. None. And and I know that this wasn't the way that we wanted to get to it, but now there's no excuse. There's no excuse now at this point. So the expectations of this team have changed, right? You went from, okay, we're going to go with the development process and we'll take the good with the bad, to now there's no development now. So now you can just go win ball games now, right? Like you can go do it, right? Like I'll, that's all I've heard. He's a winner, right? Okay, now go win, right? So, yeah, I'm gonna take this hot coffee as well. Um, I think that he's gonna look uh at his at closest to his best time while he was here. He looked as he, this is probably the healthiest he's been in a long time as well too. I mean, 
we hope that that shoulder, because he's throwing the ball down the field, has a Henry Rowan Gardner effect of, you know, uh, if, and, and if you've ever seen Rookie of the Year, Leo, um, he went to pitch for the Cubs after he broke his arm. You know, you you maybe maybe it's knocked something right, and and you know maybe that's just where he's at. You know, maybe he goes back to the gunslinger ways. Who knows if Kyle let that happen? But yeah, I'm gonna take the optimistic approach, and I'm gonna get my coffee hot. Um, that Jimmy will look as good as he did in 2019 or possibly 2017. Remember last season when at the end of the year he said what he just went through, he would not wish that on anybody. Well, guess what? He's not going through that this time. It's just him. If Brock Purdy Purdy pushes Jimmy Garoppolo, now there's bigger issues there. Um, but no, he he should be playing freely, like you said, healthiest he's he's been probably since he came over in 2017 because he had no training camp. The dude's like literally the less bruised Jimmy Garoppolo we have seen since 2017. So um, buckle up, people, because obviously there's it's a roller coaster with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I expect more highs and lows at this point. Yeah, and you know what's funny is we've gotten into Trey. We've gotten into the people who have talked crazy about Trey. We've gotten into the Jimmy Garoppolo. We haven't even talked about the game at all yet. I mean, the 49ers were da- downright dominant. And I'm really happy that this game turned out this way. Obviously, we're not happy because of the injury. But this is what happens when the 49ers play a clean game against an inferior roster, which is what the Seattle Seahawks were. And all the anxiety of this game was built up because it was Seattle. And then you throw on the Denver game, and all of a sudden it's like, well, coming off this game, like, what's going to happen? No, the 49ers literally lit their ass up. 27-7, to that game ends. One penalty. One. And that was highly questionable. And I think that's something that needs to be addressed, discussed, celebrated. Because if you look around the league, how many teams have one penalty? You're probably going to have – you're going to count on your hand and you're going to have a bunch of fingers left over because it was probably just the 49ers. And, and you could make the case that they shouldn't have had any penalties. But that's what happens when they play a clean game against an inferior opponent. The only points that were given up were on a block field goal. Um, th- that's it. I mean, the only real miscue was Jake Brendel, you know, with the fumble snap. But the 49ers moved the ball up and down the field, outgained them, completely dominated. It's a different time. So get work, Pete Carroll. The 49ers, it's a, it's a new day. Russell Wilson ain't walking through that door to save you anymore, bud. As much as you loved winning that first game. But sure enough, here he comes, and here they go. We're going into Denver. So uh, we should end it here with this one. Primetime mile-high prediction. No excuses now. Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, Sunday Night Football, Denver. <laughs> Ooh, man. Richard I got to say this. Have fun. Richard Sherman has been absolutely cooking the entire time. Like In his Russell Wilson commentary. I always thought that he was going to be level-headed, but he seems to just, like, have a, a, an axe to grind with Russell Wood. Like, he's not even, like, hiding it, but... I love look, it. I love it. A few things A few things with Denver. This is why you can't go over the over the top when the schedule comes out. Because you look at the schedule and you say, oh, man, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, oh, my God, Denver, you know, they, this is going to... Yeah, well, have you seen how they played? Like, as he literally struggled with the Houston Texans, Russell Wilson looked terrible. Jerry Judy got injured. Patrick Sertain is injured. Now, does that mean that they're not going to play? I don't know. But this team far looks di- far looks different than we thought they would look, right? Like, we thought that they would be rolling in, and, and this game has flip-flopped. It opened initially with the 49ers as underdogs, and now Jimmy Garoppolo's back, and now they're favorites on the road. Leo, primetime mile-high prediction. What do you think? I got the 49ers winning this one. I, I'm going to go with a, probably a 20—no, yeah— 20 
23 to 14. I'm going to call it that 23 to 14 49ers win. Um, the biggest thing here is Jimmy Garoppolo has got to be a better second half quarterback. I understand the Seattle game wasn't scripted for him. Um, and it was kind of just on the fly, but this is an offense he's been running for a year. So it shouldn't be nothing too crazy to put something together on the fly because in the second half, they, they finally got that touchdown put in, but he, he went five of 10 with a quarterback rating of 63.8, um, which is not good. And we've seen this team far too many times just not do it in the second half. Hence the Chicago bears and, and Jimmy Garoppolo is one of his starts on primetime last year, Tennessee Titans to where they both had the offenses shut out at the half and they lost both of those games. Um, so second half, Jimmy G's got to definitely come out for this one. Russell Wilson, he's been a second half quarterback. So defense got to stay consistent. Uh, his, his completion percentage has increased by 22% in the second half in the two games this year, um, which is at, at 69% in the second half. Nice. Um, and don't you remember the 49ers? They had the, the Seahawks pretty good last season, but yet Russell Wilson turned it on in the second half, and it seems like he always does that against his team. So you got to maintain him for four quarters. That's that's going to be key to me. If the Houston Texans could stop him for less than 50%, just a touchdown, just a pick. Um, I'm confident with this 49ers team being much enhanced. But honestly, he's not the factor in this one. It's going to be the 49ers rush defense against Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Both running backs like Javante's at, at over five yards per carry. Melvin Gordon is almost at five yards per carry. So they're definitely a double-headed duo there. And yet the 49ers are second in rushing yards allowed at 135 on the year. That's crazy. That's two games together, 135, and 2.6 yards per carry, which is first in the NFL. Um, so that's that's my kind of my keys to the game. I'm confident with the 49ers defense to stop the run because, you know what, you have all pro Hufanga in there at, at safety around the line of scrimmage with Federico Warner. So let's do it, baby. I got 49ers by nine. 49ers country, let's ride. But I will say this. <laughs> I... I am really, really do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Come on. Come no, on. no, no, I'm not. Come I'm not on. doing it again. I'm not doing it again. Come I'm on. Again. If you if you guys could see Rob's face right now, I like I, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank everybody. And this is my last episode ever. You know, it's been a fun ride, but Rob's <laughs> getting me out of here for this. But no, look, this is gonna be a really close game. I think it really is, man. Whatever the spread is, I think the 49ers are uh one one and a half point um favorites. So obviously the home field, all that stuff, right? Um I, I call me scared call me having ptsd whatever but russell wilson seems to find a way to get them and look nathaniel hackett is taking the beating they were booing them largely during that game obviously we know what happened in seattle um but uh, i i would be i it'd be hard for me to believe that this offense wouldn't come out and and roll and and russell wouldn't make things happen so look the run defense is exactly what you want to talk about this defense has been just as good as advertised not really had they weren't really tested you know, DJ Dallas threw a, a a pass in the red zone that was intercepted by Mooney Ward. I mean, Seattle's a joke, like, right now at this point. You know, it, they're, they're really bad at this time. But this defense is really good. I think Nick Bosa's on pace for 25 and a half sacks and something like 80-something pressures stat uh, provided by Jordan Elliott of Niners Nation. So, yeah, the 49ers defense is going to play well, but I've got this game a lot closer, 27-24. Jimmy Garoppolo, primetime magic, and then all the national media gets to do all week and say, see? He should have played Jimmy Garoppolo from the beginning. All he does is win, man. So, yeah, that's exactly was what that, we're going to see. Was that Colin Coward? 
Uh, that's Colin <laughs> Cowherd. That's uh, no, that's, you sounded like him. I swear uh, you sounded oh, like him. No, I, I don't have a good Colin Cowherd impression. Maybe I should workshop that. But yeah, that's exactly what the national media is going to say. So yeah, I've got the Niners winning this one. Uh, rolling in, not as healthy and running back, but largely healthy in all the other areas. So yeah, they'll find a way to get it done. Jimmy, let's get it, man. It, it, you know, you're back. Let's win ball games now. No more development. So let's let's win ball games. No more bumps and bruises. We're here to win. So let's win. So. Yeah, that'll do it for episode 61 of Oh Hey There. Make sure that you guys subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcast. Make sure you follow Leo on Twitter and Instagram at LeoLuna93. Follow me on Twitter at JasonAponte2103. Leo, any final words before we get out of here? Drop a review. I, I love this past weekend. I, I've been scrolling through the review. Drop a review. Like It could literally be, give me your score prediction for this week. Uh, let, let's get those reviews in and, and then let's let's read two. If you guys drop reviews, let's read two next week, Jay. Absolutely. So, yes, for Jason, for Leo, we'll see you guys next week. Let's go Niners. <laughs>